Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So the market has officially thrown away the baby with the bathwater. Have you ever heard that expression before? Well, in case you haven't, it's a warning not to throw away the good things with the bad. Today, we're going to explain what is happening with some great projects while the market is down and a few options that NFT collectors have. The prices of NFTs have fallen in a greater percentage than the cryptocurrencies as a whole, such as Ethereum, Solano, or all the other blockchains and coins that are associated with these NFTs. It seems like the price of the NFTs are moving much faster and is much more volatile than the overall market. Without naming any projects or throwing any dirt on them, I will say some of those projects are rightfully at pretty much zero right now. However, there's some collectors that have thrown away some amazing projects. And that's where the whole throwing out the babies with the bathwater has come from, because a lot of those garbage projects, or I wouldn't even say garbage projects, but projects that really had no business being valued at where they were, have pretty much crashed down to the floor right now. And many people have thrown down everything with it. And some of the projects, even though they might have been launched with great intentions and everything seemed great, they never really had a business plan or a way of sustaining this and growing the community. That aspect of it was just really neglected. And a lot of founders that do have these projects, they're launching and they're either in it for the tech or maybe they're in it for the art. And they don't really fully understand that this project that they're launching is like a startup company. And there is not just the initial launch, but it's what's going to be done after that fundraising level if you will, or that first round of sales, whatever it might be, any way that you can actually tie this over to the business world, a lot of people do not make that connection. And on the other end, you have some projects that really understood the entire business plan and knew where the project was going. They had a great direction and they assembled a team, whether it be a tech team, art, whatever it might be to get that vision up and running. Even they are impacted by this market going down and these founders are really thrown for a loop and these communities start to be affected by FUD, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And this is not just the control of the project or the founders or even the community. There are a lot of outside forces that are affecting the way people feel about crypto, NFTs, having their money in cash, or just general the, the world as a whole. During these uncertain times, there's rising oil prices, there is war, there is just so many things, inflation. And of course, we're still battling this whole pandemic thing, although we seem to be in the tail end of it right now. But there's just a lot of things that are affecting people people's lives. And as a result, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, and all these different things are affected because none of these things are going to be put ahead of food, safety, shelter, or just life in general. So as a result, you have a bunch of collectors, a bunch of people that are on the market that are now impatient. These are the quote unquote paper hand holders that they just want to get out of a project. And it really has nothing to do with the fundamentals of the project. It could be an amazing project with an amazing team. The mission, everything is being executed on the roadmap. However, these times have caused a lot of people to panic and just want to get out. And the thing is, a lot of these projects are ran by people that are not necessarily good at sales. They don't see themselves as the type to get up and make a pitch and really push for their project. So the way they're communicating it is really from a technical standpoint or just an overview of the mission from their heart or whatever it might be. And it's not really using those words that's going to excite the bases, if you will, excite the fans in the market and really counter the narrative that is going on with the general market. 
And they're just being dragged down with all the bad, although the project is really going great and the roadmap and everything is being executed, as I said. And during these times, rough times, that's when CEOs, founders, business people, generals, that is when their people really find out what they're made of. Because anyone can lead a team or a project or an army or whatever it might be during the good times when there's calm, there's prosperity, and everyone's having a great time. It is so much easier to lead a group through that than going through wartime and recessions and depressions and just really tough times. There's uh, in companies, CEOs have to make layoffs, cut budgets, and really figure out what needs to be cut off the balance sheet, how to float a diminishing bank balance and all sorts of different things to really survive. What does this company really need to do to keep going forward and be there in the next five, 10 years? Or in some companies, when a CEO takes over, it's even like 90 days. We have 90 days of cash left. We have this huge payroll, this massive company. What do we do? solve it. And you know, that is how a lot of companies are turned over to CEOs. And a lot of times people that are into sales that are good at promoting and getting word across and getting people excited about things, they're almost looked at uh, almost negatively. No one really esteems salespeople in society, if you will. Uh, They're not looked upon as being the doctors and the lawyers and that type of thing, although they might be producing and they're making a higher income than those. But society generally across the board looks at salespeople in a negative light. And you'll hear people say certain things like, oh, he's a snake oil salesman, or he could sell heaters in hell, like things like that. Because someone is smooth talking, they're good, they're charismatic, and they can really sell their way out of anything. On the surface, it could be admired at the same time. Culturally, it's looked on as a negative thing. However, I can tell you that many of these projects are going to be rescued and saved by people that have that charismatic sort of personality and really embrace the whole sales aspect of the project. And right now, as we're seeing the paper hands dump all these NFTs on the floor for sometimes even half of the price of what they got it for or even less, we're seeing a lot of OG diehards, if you will, that are sweeping up the floor or maybe not even OGs, but they're just someone that couldn't get into a project at a particular time. Maybe when it launched, they didn't know about it. Then it went to the moon and they were priced out of the market. But now that it has come down, they're saying, okay, here's the opportunity now to really jump into this project on a large scale. So you're seeing a lot of people that are sweeping floors of projects and they're starting to gobble up more percentages of the project. And as a result, you're starting to see these OGs or these mini whales or whatever you want to call them as being basically the sales team in any organization. Sales is what keeps the lights on. Without the revenue, without the people going out there that are actually driving the sales, everything stops flowing. And even in a charity, we might not think of this as sales, but the fundraiser who has to go out and meet with all the donors and really convince them as to why they should continue to buy into the mission, they should continue to contribute and where these funds are being spent and how it is having a huge impact, those people are salespeople. It's just not really looked on as the same way because it is a nonprofit, is a charity, and they're doing a great thing. But if you flip it a little bit and say, okay, the the sales team in a for-profit organization is actually doing the same thing. And as they're selling, they're fulfilling a need in the market. The consumers that are buying it, assuming that this is actually a good product that serves some sort of purpose in their life, they're not complaining about the fact that they spent some money. For example, if you purchased a product that really cuts down your workload by half and you're satisfied with the amount of money that you paid for it, I don't think anyone is complaining that salesperson somehow took advantage of them. Or let's just say you were you 
used to doing some sort of chore by hand that used to take you six hours and someone came by for a couple hundred dollars and somehow gave you this tool or whatever it might be. And now it is something that you can set up in 10 minutes, walk away, go do something else. And it continues to do that. I don't think anyone in their right mind would really complain and say, man, that salesperson really just ruined my life. No, that person got them into something that really benefits their life. So in the sense of these projects that might be amazing and there's not just being communicated, these OGs or these new whales of these projects do have that joint interest because not only are they in line with the project's mission, hopefully that is why they got into the project. So philosophically, they're bought into the the mission and it gives them self-fulfillment and all these different things. But also, as this project, in theory, begins to rise, become more popular and weather the storm of these uh, down markets, that they're going to eventually be financially rewarded. So they're not being paid upfront as like an employee or anything like that. But over time, it's that is what's going to happen. And think of it like owning stocks in a company while it is down. For example, if you owned Apple stocks in the mid to late 90s, you could have got that for really cheap because the company was going through some hard times. And I even said the example of companies that literally had 90 days of cash left. When Steve Jobs came back to Apple, that was one of those situations. Their company was literally burning through cash and what was left in the bank was only enough to keep the company running for a certain amount of days. And immediately when he took over, it was like, okay, great. Now, how are we going to solve this and keep this thing floating? And I'm not going to go through all of the things that Apple did. And, and all the craziness that actually took it to the point where it is now. But just think of the people that got in or either had their Apple stock from day one and just never sold it, or the people that saw that opportunity when Steve came back and it was at really down and bought into the leadership and saw it, okay, I trust in the leadership, I trust in this mission, and this company could be saved, and they bought it for cheap. Look what has happened to Apple even since Steve has passed away and Tim Cook has taken over it. They're basically printing cash at this point. So I don't think anyone is really complaining in that sense. And looking at the the consumers that were actually buying it and all the impact that was had, they're not complaining about the products. They enjoy their products in the sense that for the most part, they have a pretty loyal fan base, but a lot of those are also shareholders. So as a shareholder that you purchased this now on the announcement of this new CEO and all the excitement and basically it was salespeople that got them to not only purchase the products, but also continue to support and purchase the stock. Well, no one really complains about that now, do they? And I truly believe that a strong founder with a mission can overcome pretty much anything. And even if the paper hand holders of today are willing to dump on the project, even if there is a core group or just anyone that you can excite about the mission and bring into the project to help to evangelize, if you will, and spread the word saying that this is an amazing project. And the financial reward that they're getting for this is as the project rises, their wallet, the balance of it, their net worth, if you will, is increasing with the success of the project. So these people are bought into the mission on many levels. And just like a company that these holders that are excited that they're tweeting about it, they're making content about it, they're recruiting their friends into the discord and they're spreading positive word, really countering all this FUD as these paper hands people wash out of the market and out of that project. And maybe they go on to another project or they just pull their money out of crypto and NFTs altogether. Once those people are washed out, that this new 
new influx of positivity and supporters and everything will really help this uh, project to rebound. But the question is that founder, someone that really is has the resolve and the backbone, if you will, to withstand all of this, because it is not easy to have a, a discord full of, let's say, 50,000 people and 10,000 of them are unhappy because for whatever reason, they the floor price has fallen or whatever it might be. And they're complaining about this and that, you know, it could be very negative, but if a founder can tune out that noise and really focus on the people that are excited about the project and just really bought into the mission and they actually have a plan to go forward and weather through it, not only does it speak very highly of that founder, they're going to be rewarded for it in the end. Now, let's go back to the projects that I mentioned before that they might have some great art and just no business plan whatsoever. There's a lot of those projects that are out there that I wouldn't even say that the founder has anything wrong with them or anything like that. It's just that they never really looked at this as being a business. And all of they were focused on was either the art or the tech or whatever it is, the novelty of the space. And it was just a fun way to explore this whole Web3 ecosystem, if you will. But now that the project is up and running, they didn't fully understand that now they are responsible for the net worth, if you will, of holders, then, you know, that could be a very daunting task once a founder realizes something like this. And that is why a lot of these projects are just crashing and burning at this point. The art, everything is great. And it's just that it was never really thought out beyond that sale. And these founders, it's not like they went into this thing with any kind of rug pull intentions or nefarious intentions. It's just that they really underestimated the undertaking. They didn't fully understand that they were building a company. So what happens in those communities that you might have some whale that might love the art and they're just buying up massive amounts of it? Or at this point, some of them are basically being given away for free. People are unloading them for gas. And you can, if you can cover that, especially with the cost of gas right now, people have really lowered the price that they're willing to put some great art on the market for. That is just absolutely ridiculous. A whale can literally come in, sweep up the floor. And if they can ever get a hold of the smart contract, they could actually take over the project for pennies on the dollar of what it would actually cost to to launch one from scratch, hiring an artist, putting up the team and selling out all this stuff. And that might seem like a crazy task. Why would someone do that? Off the top of my head, the only project that I know for sure that the smart contract was taken over by someone from the community is the famed ladies. And that was an extreme situation with the founders uh, being discovered to not be the women that they said they were. They were actually men. And that's just one of those historical, if you will, just one one of the best origin stories in the NFT space, in my opinion, of that whole thing happening and board Becky, NFT Ignition ended up taking over that project. Now they're the, I guess you would say not really the founders, but they are the operators of the community and what have you. And they've really rebounded that thing and, and built it to where it is now. So in that sense, I know that it is possible to take over a smart contract. How feasible it is, I don't know. Because even they say if they knew everything that they knew now, they probably wouldn't have done it. But it is possible for someone who has launched this project and they're just so dissatisfied with the complaints and everything that they could probably sell out this whole thing for pennies on the dollar. For the most part, they've already made their money. They've sold out everything. And if everything is there, the smart contract, the art and everything is good. 
I would not be surprised to see a whale just buy out the entire thing. And then now they assume the control of that uh, project and they start to rebuild and market the project and bring in a new flock of people into that community. And as usual, I'm not advising anyone do any of that, but I'm just saying that it is an option out there. And some of these projects, I won't lie, I've been doing some calculations to see. I wonder what it would be to get that percentage of the NFTs on the market because their prices are so low at this point. And I see what their sales volume was compared to what it is right now to even buy up 10, 15% of that project. And it's pretty mind blowing. And as someone who is coming from the marketing background and understanding, okay, this is the vision for the project and this is how it could be done. And if the numbers all work out, it might seem like it is not feasible up front, but if you put it all on a spreadsheet, you have a plan and the numbers seem green to you. It's it's no different than starting any other business or buying a pizza shop or doing anything really. It's a matter of understanding what you're getting into and figuring out if that can work on a budget that you have and are committed to build it just as anything else. With that said, I would love to know what projects out there are you just you really bullish about that you enjoy, but for whatever reason, the floor price has also fallen out and people are paper hands in it. They're moving off of it, but you are still bullish about the project. If there's any that you think I should take a look at, maybe start to explore, understand what's going on there, please feel free to tweet it out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. All my contact information is in the show notes, but as usual, I want to thank you for listening to this episode and I look forward to the next one. So later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.